37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Well, hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal. This is episode 298. I, of course, am Sean, and I just got through tiptoeing through the tulips. And with me, as always, is old Presto. Preston, buddy, how are you, sir? What's up, all you cool ghosts and goblins, you crocodiles and crocodingos, you skeletors and skelettes? Um, I mean, I'm I. My uh, dog's left titty is all, like, swollen and, like, probably has huh. a tumor or some shit, so I got to take her to the vet tomorrow morning. Oh, no. And she's being, like, a giant fucking baby, and, you know, I got to, like, hold her when she sleeps at night and put her on her back because she doesn't want to mm-hmm. lay on her stomach because the Aww. titty hurts. So, you know, and I, she's, like, a 50-pound micro bully that's uh, fucking fat as shit, so, you know, I got to carry her up and down the steps and all mm-hmm. that. But I might. You know, it's been a long week, but it's good to see your face, hear your voice, see that beard. Ditto. I can't smell it, but I got to smell it this weekend a little bit. Was it this weekend? I think it was this weekend. Pretty sure it was this weekend. Yeah, I smelled that shit. Nice, baby, nice. I mean, to be fair, if I had a tumor in my titty, I would definitely not want to lay in my tummy either. Boy, howdy. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us on this late night episode. We're really sorry for things being kind of off kilter again this week. Preston and I have been through the ringer and back with work. And uh, unfortunately, it kind of threw things off. But we should be back on schedule by next weekend. But um, we do appreciate y'all for jumping in. Bro, bro, bro. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Next Next week, uh, oh. I don't know. We, we should be good because I, I am, uh, I am taking Jeffrey, my wife, out uh, uh-huh. town for her anniversary. Um, uh-huh. So I'll be gone the nineteenth through the twenty sixth ish, twenty seventh ish. I don't know. So there's a week that I'm fucking up in there. <laughs> there is. Saying. Let's see here. We should be back on next week for the episode on the night, uh, the the eighteenth, and then again on the twenty fifth. That's right. We may be thrown off a little bit by Preston's little vacay, but we'll definitely be back in time for a Halloween show. We talked about maybe live streaming Sunday the 29th, possibly. So we'll let everybody know on the social medias, um, most definitely. And the next week, we'll let y'all know what we choose to do. But yeah, big episode 300 coming up very soon. So, you know, continue to get your stories sent in to us. If you have your own personal paranormal story, please send it in to pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We can read your stories. we got a pretty decent amount right now. Um, of course, we are greedy, greedy little barn cats. We'll take as many as we can get. And you can also send those to us via voicemail to 913-662-3144. That's 913-662-3144. So please... Reach out, send us your weird personal paranormal stories. We would love to hear about them. Um, I want to, of course, mention that um, <laughs> I just got back from a very um, eventful evening at the Botanical Gardens here in Wichita. 
at a drinking and snacking event. So I might be a little heavy-eyed, a little uh, long in the tooth, but that's okay. We're still going to bring a fun episode to you. But yeah, um, Lazarus already called me out on that. <laughs> but we had a really good time tonight, had a lot of fun, and um, just want to thank everybody for being here with us. I'm down with the DP and whiskey is what I'm down with tonight. I ain't down with the sickness. Well, on tonight's episode, we're going to start off at a few stories from the news and finish off on some very interesting Bigfoot encounter stories. First up, doctors in Australia got the shock of their lives when they discovered that a 64-year-old woman's troubling symptoms had a seriously unusual cause. See, this lady had an 8-centimeter long, that's 3 inches for us U.S. folks, an eight centimeter long worm that was pulled from her brain. And here's the kicker, folks. The worm was alive and kicking. This was removed during a surgical procedure in which the first reported case of this particular parasite infection had been found in a human. The round worm, Ophidoscarius robertsi, is an Australian native and a very common parasite found in carpet pythons. Normally, the larvae from this round worm are found in small mammals and marsupials, which are then eaten by pythons, allowing the life cycle to complete itself inside the snake. As well as being the first ever human um, O. robertus infection reported in literature, the patient, to our knowledge, says this doctor, is also the first case to involve the brain of any mammalian species, human or otherwise. See, the woman from southeastern New South Wales was the first admitted patient to a hospital back in January 2021 with a three-week history of abdominal pain, diarrhea, night sweats, and a dry cough. Scans later revealed lesions in the woman's lungs, liver, and spleen, and further tests then showed no evidence of cancer, leading them to wonder if it was, of course, an autoimmune disease. And the doctors concluded that the patient was suffering from an esionophilic pneumonia of unclear etiology. They treated her with steroids, and however, three weeks later, she's back in the hospital with problems only worsening there. Over the next 18 months, my God, man, this thing goes on forever. The woman was given various treatments, but nothing seemed to fully relieve her symptoms. And then by June 2022, she was experiencing forgetfulness and depression. So the medical team performed an MRI scan on her brain. And they explained that they found an atypical lesion within the front lobe of the brain. A neurologist tasked with the investigation said the lesion was a once-in-a-career-finding discovery. Oh my God, you wouldn't believe what I just found inside a lady's brain, alive and wiggling. In the league table of sentences you don't want to hear in an operation theater, one comes up pretty fast on the list being a giant worm in a lady's brain. So now they knew about the unwelcome visitor in the woman's brain. Some of her other symptoms began to make more sense in the medical team's findings. They suspected the worm larva was also present in other organs, including her lungs and liver. And since the parasite has never been known to infect humans, none of the tests were able to pick it up originally. 
Lazarus, so that, gotta... that episode of the X-Files was a thing of fucking nightmares. Sean, you remember <laughs> that, uh, that episode where uh, that uh, fluke worm is on that Chinese cargo ship and then like it gets loose and like at the end it's like a like a walking humanoid looking thing and it was in the sewers and it was like eating people and stuff. Oh yeah yeah yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying I've said it once and I'll say again fuck Australia. You can keep your fucking brain warm, <laughs> you can keep your fucking you know Plants that make you want to blow your brains out. You can keep your fucking giant spiders, your snakes. I'm out. Good day, mate. Yeah. Not yeah. happening. I, I kind of hear you on that. And it makes you wonder how exactly did this lady actually get infected by the worm? Well, see, the worm is normally found inside of large snakes. So you got to ask yourself, how exactly did it find itself into a human host? Well, the patient often forged by a lake near her home for native grass called warrigal greens, which she used in cooking. Now, most likely, the best explanation is that the infected carpet python sheds some of the parasitic eggs in its feces by the lake, and the woman then inadvertently became infected herself from preparing the greens she didn't properly wash. So everybody, even if you buy salad in a bag from your local market, Bring it home, rip it open, and rinse off the gall darn leaves. Now, while this specific worm has never been seen in a human before now, there are also other species of the same type of worm that infect snakes in other parts of the globe, so it's not impossible that similar cases could be found in the future. The patient is now doing better after treatment, though she will continue to be monitored by a specialist. And the statement... The doctor said that it's never easy or desirable to be the first patient in a world of anything. I can't state enough how our admiration for this woman has been shown with her patience and courage through the entire process. You ever seen like the movie Pie where the guy figures out the life and secrets of the universe and he takes mm-hmm. the drill and he just drills the fucking hole in his head? <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah. I get it out. Don't you worry. <laughs> I actually, uh, I had uh, my uh, fifth grade teacher had her sister got bit by a spider, and it is uh, laid um, it somehow laid an egg sack, like it got all like bulbous and everything, oh, like infected. What? And they, you know, the doctor was like, you know, trying to get it to drain. It would never drain, and then she woke up in the middle of the night. And like it popped open, and all the little baby spiders were like crawling around. Man, that sounds like a story from um, the more scary stories to tell in the dark book. Well, that's a whole lot of fuck no in my book. Well, up next, folks, do you believe the truth is out there? Maybe even as close as on your doorstep. Well, now, if you can prove it, you could win $1 million in cold, hard cash. Ring Company, of course, the folks in charge of the ever-popular Ring Door Cam, is having a contest and asking people to capture evidence of extraterrestrial life on their Ring devices, of course. And if so, they can win $1 million as a grand prize. Paid out in $50,000 yearly installments for 20 years, 
if they can prove the existence of extraterrestrial life between now and November 3rd. Now, skeptics can win too, because Ring is also offering a $500 Amazon gift card for the most creative fake caught on their Ring cam. This is really interesting to me because it also kind of harkens back to that story about the guy that called the police back in uh, Las Vegas a few months ago saying they had an extraterrestrial living, or I'm sorry, landing in their backyard. And everyone's like, what the fuck? In a time where you have, you know, front door cams, doorbell cams, cell phone cams, how did this guy not manage to get actual footage of the supposed aliens that landed in his back door? I'm more interested in seeing the people that find the fake videos versus somebody actually catching it in real life. What do you think, Presto? Dude, the quality... <clears throat> Look, I have, like, Google Nest. I have three cameras around the house and a mm -hmm. fucking Google doorbell. The quality of those cameras fucking suck. Right? You're, not, <laughs> right. you're, not, you're not catching real fucking anything on there. However... Mm -hmm. All the nights that I stay up on fucking TikTok way too late or Instagram way too late, you know, spanning Sean's Instagram, uh, you mm -hmm. know, messenger with uh, videos of people flipping each other off and some guys like share this with your best <laughs> friend. Your best friend mm -hmm. has something to say. It's like, fuck you. I look forward to the shenanigans of all the fake videos, but it ain't going to nothing's going to be real. All right. Like the, you have a better chance of spotting a fake or like a Bigfoot off a fucking train uh, than you do catching a UFO alien encounter with a fucking Nest camera. Yep. Fully agree, man. Fully agree. Unless that fucking thing lands in your driveway and crushes your house and from the rubble the camera is still recording, you're not going to get shit. Like I say, I'm more interested in seeing what people do to provide a fake you know, evidence found on camera versus the real stuff. You know, you might find some really pretty cool stuff and you might find some pretty dumb stuff that's filmed by, you know, like grade schoolers and middle schoolers and everything in between. Well, that definitely segues right into our last story here. Shannon and Stetson Parker recently told The Messenger that they can't come up with a better explanation for a lumbering brown creature found on their footage of a recent train ride other than potentially catching the most recent footage of the elusive Bigfoot. Shannon and Stetson Parker were celebrating their 10th anniversary on a sightseeing train trip through Colorado this weekend when they spotted a strange figure along a distant hillside. Shannon asked Stetson what he thought the mysterious thing could be. He replied back, I don't know, it might be Bigfoot. So Shannon, a 44-year-old computer analyst, quickly grabbed her Nikon camera and snapped a couple photos. Another passenger named Brandon, who they didn't know previously, then pulled out his phone and began taking a video on his phone. As they reviewed the footage, which went viral when they shared it on OutThereColorado.com, they realized Stetson's initial guess might not have been that far off. Now, Presto, did you watch the video I sent you? I did. Okay. So this couple may have just captured what appears to be a large, lumbering creature with brown hair walking with a human-like gait along a hillside. 
Dude, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, because <laughs> Dad blew up Bigfoots in Vietnam, so I wholeheartedly mm-hmm. believe 100. Per- you don't, you don't have to prove it to me. I don't need video mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. heart, dude. I believe in Bigfoot more than a, ki- a little kid believes in Santa Claus. That's what I'm trying yep. to say. And that video, homie, let's just let's have a heart to heart. Let's make eye contact <laughs> real quick. You're right. That that looked too. Too close. I mean, you you can't say it's a coincidence. It looked too close to the Jack Link's Bigfoot. It is like somebody went down to a fucking costume shop and got the beef jerky mascot costume and put that thing on and squatted down in the terrain. What like? You see those videos on TikTok that we send each other of the Bigfoot playing saxophone. Mm-hmm. Dude, it looks too much like that. <laughs> Do you think it looks better than Sack Squatch? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it looks like they probably invested a little bit more money than the Sack Squatch, but mm-hmm. it looks very similar. And I'm just saying, I don't think that's what Bigfoot looks like. Now, yeah. you know, there's that guy on YouTube, and he's been on other social media like years ago. He had a he created a documentary on Gaia TV about how like he went up in Canada and stuff in the wilderness and he got video of what he said was Bigfoot and when I first saw that I said holy shit this 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 is probably legit because they they looked more human like imagine you were in a like Alaska or like way up north and the you know the Eskimos like when they have like the little fur lining on their head, like how how round their cheeks are and how soft those nasal features are, that's exactly what it looked like. If you took somebody who was Eskimo and just stretched those facial features a little bit, that's what those Bigfoots look like. And I was like, holy shit, man, that's legit. But if you bring fucking Jerky Link to the party and put him in the middle of a goddamn you know, mountain scenic <laughs> train tour. I don't know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, I watched it. I watched it again, and I gave myself, like, at least four times. I'm just saying, I don't feel it. The video itself, of course, you can find on YouTube and pretty much all of our other news sites if you just type in, you know, Colorado train Bigfoot. Colorado it's pretty interesting. bullshit. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. It's a light brown colored Sasquatch walking kind of parallel to the camera across the hillside. Eventually it stops and kind of squares up with the camera and then it kind of squats down and hunches up behind like a Dude, little bush just, or a shrubbery. Just go YouTube feed your wild side. That's what it looks like. You'll get a close up of the creature. Jack's link. You're right. There you go. <laughs> feed your wild side, man. Yep. You got it. Well, the narrow-gauge sightseeing train that normally departs from Durango, Colorado to Silverton and then back again to Durango travels along a 1.8 million acre square part of Colorado, which is primarily untouched wilderness. Well, Stetson and Shannon, who recently moved from Alabama to Wyoming in 2017, were the last two folks sitting in the back of the caboose, giving them a unique panoramic view of their surroundings. Stetson said the rest of the train's 100 or so passengers were the first completely oblivious to the encounter. Stetson went on to explain the images are somewhat grainy because Shannon's camera was zoomed in to its maximum limit, set to a nine times zoom on a moving train, which caused for the grainy 
resolution. Now, Stetson said he's no conspiracy theorist, and he welcomes feedback from experts who might be able to offer conventional explanations, but then, until then, he's a true believer. He said, I was kind of in disbelief. I tried to immediately debunk what I thought I was looking at, but I couldn't identify anything that seemed to be similar to it. And as a 10-year U.S. Air Force veteran, Stetson said he could tell the figure wasn't a person in a ghillie suit. And besides, the figure didn't appear to have a rifle or a bow, a detail which he says then could rule out the theory of it being just a hunter wearing camouflage. He said he's had his own fair share of friends and naysayers who say, Oh, you guys must be crazy. You're a bunch of nuts. But his question to them or any other naysayer is this. If what we saw is not a Bigfoot, what else could it be? So who knows, man? This video is making its way through headlines and everything else. You guys should all take a look and let us know what you think. Well, that moves us right over to our main story tonight. The William Rowe Bigfoot Encounter. So this is one of the most famous Bigfoot sightings allegedly to occur in British Columbia all the way back from 1955. This takes place when a man named William Rowe claimed he saw a partly human and partly animal creature while he was hiking. He swore in an affidavit back in 1957 that the creature itself was about six feet tall and covered in brown and silver-tipped hair, with thick arms reaching down to its knees, broad feet, and breasts. He says, as I watched the creature, I wondered if some movie company might have been making a film at the same place, and maybe I was just looking at an actor. That's why it looked partly human and partly animal. But as I observed it more, I decided it would be impossible to fake such a specimen. Now, according to the abominable science origins of the Yeti, Nessie, and other famous cryptids, a book <laughs> pressed back and say abominable science. Yes, abominable science! That's, exclamation that's, point. That's fuck. No, get out of here with that, dude. We're done. <laughs> that's it. Cut, cut the show. Is that it? Uh, We're done tonight? My, my brain's <laughs> too fried tonight with that, dude. Uh, okay, I was going to say, tonight I can understand. We had a long week, buddy. Um, but, uh, you know, in general, over 298 episodes, that's what fries your brain? That's a thing that just did you in abominable science? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the book <laughs> who came, itself no, was Who pumped. came up with that? What's the author's name? You know what? Whoever that author is, fuck you for that, okay? Do better. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, the book itself was published back in 2013 by Columbia University Press. Anyway, Rose ape-like sighting marks a change from earlier Sasquatch accounts in British Columbia, which repeatedly described the Sasquatch as a giant-sized indigenous person. In other words, this might have been the birth of a modern Bigfoot, though the name itself wouldn't emerge for yet another year. But anyway, science scientists argue that eyewitness testimonies aren't always reliable, so this and other sightings are still non-conclusive evidence. Now, if you move on to prospector Albert Ostman, he claimed that he spent about a week with a Bigfoot family near Toba Inlet in British Columbia back in 1924. Ostman said back then he was camping alone when he says he was scooped up in his sleeping bag 
by a Papa Bigfoot and taken to meet Mama Bigfoot and two little Bigfoot children. Osman goes on to say that supposedly he was held captive by the family, but said he eventually escaped when Papa Bigfoot ate Osman's chewing tobacco, got a tummy ache, and fell ill, giving him just enough time to leave. Now, notoriously, this story is recorded by David Daling's book, Bigfoot Exposed, an an anthropologist examination of America's enduring legend. Anyway, Osman goes on to say that his captors were similar to that of Rose's 1957 account. However, Dagling points out that in his book, that even though Osman said the encounter took place in 1924, he never wrote it down until 1957. After he heard the story of Roe and his encounter, which might have been yet another encounter with the Bigfoot. So it's likely the most famous case of a Bigfoot sighting that was caught on camera in 1967, of course, being the Patterson-Gimlin film. This minute-long video that appears to show a female Bigfoot, later named Patty, walking through a clearing in Northern California. That's right, Fire Pixie. We've never seen a video of Bigfoot dong, but we've seen a video with Bigfoot titties. I would like to say that... I'm sure it's not hard to sit on there and figure out how to find video of a Bigfoot dong. <laughs> I'm not advising you to do so. Oh uh, yeah, that's hey, that's your Google search. Do with it what you will. We're mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah, maybe we maybe put on the uh, the safe search. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, like I was saying, what's likely to be the most famous Bigfoot encounter, of course, is that of Patterson Gimlet, a minute-long video that appears to show a female Bigfoot, later named Patty. She can be seen walking through a clearing in Northern California, and the film is still often held up to be, by Bigfoot believers at least, the best piece of evidence for the creature's existence. The scientific community has overwhelmingly dismissed the film as showing a person wearing a costume. Well, Jeffrey Meldron, a professor of anatomy and anthropology at Idaho State University and fellow author of books such as Sasquatch, Legend Meets Science, is one of the few scientists to publicly back the film and the existence of Bigfoot. Meldrum told Live Science that not only is he convinced the film is real, but he also believes it's grown more credible over time. The creature's walk is oftentimes criticized that back in the 1960s, it was too human, too fake. But Meldrum argues that subsequently, scientific discoveries such as Lucy an extinct 3.2 million old human ancestor, revealed that our ape-like ancestors used to walk upright. So, there's now a scientific justification for the creature's human-like gait. So what you see back in the film from uh, Patterson and Gimlin is exactly how we envision something like a robust Austriopithecine to look. Did I pronounce that right? Uh, We're going to go with it, but... You used the word robust, so that's where you had me. <laughs> it's almost as if now the science has finally caught up to the whole phenomenon of Bigfoot. Now, Meldrin noted that the anatomical features visible on the film, such as the proportions of the face, match up very easily with early humans, such as the Panthropocus boise, a species that lived around 2.3 million years ago. The size of the creature in the film is estimated to be around 6 foot 7 inches tall. However, most experts are not convinced by the footage. A gentleman by the name of Darren Nash 
a paleozoologist and author of Hunting Monsters, Cryptozoology and the Reality Behind the Myths. Summarized plenty of reasons to question the film's authenticity. Most notably, he claims that Patterson, who shot the film, had already turned Bigfoot into a money-spending operation well before releasing the tape, claiming that Bigfoot in this video was just a quick way to make a little cash. But Naish also adds that Patty's pelt appears to be glistening and move like that of a real animal. Yeah, it's fucking moist. Ooh, moister than an oyster. And her muscle movements look genuine, suggesting it's a very good hoax, if not a real animal. Now, Brian Regal, an associate professor of the history of science at Keene University in New Jersey and author of Searching for Sasquatch, Crackpots, Eggheads, and Cryptozoology. Holy fuck, everybody in this article has a book. Holy cow. We're, we're like, we're, we're behind on our game. Like, where's our book? <laughs> we need to do a book. You know what? Pixelated Paranormal presents Captain Curiosities and Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you started, man. I'll help you. Anyway, he says what's most damning of the film is that you can look at it and you can see what you want to believe. Here's Okay, so here's the thing about, like, I don't remember who we got in this conversation with. I don't know if it was Rob. They, you know, at one point to back up, part of what this article says you, you know like when you're putting together like uh, 3d models for like videos and stuff so like you're doing uh, the cgi and you have to mm -hmm. map out movement um so they actually laid the you know the skeletal figure over the 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 outline of the figure in the video um and to where you have to place the knees like the angle of the of the legs, uh, the angle, of the calves, the thighs, uh, you know, the the way it walks. It, it's very, like, a lot of video video photographers and, uh, you know, CGI specialists, like, when they looked at that, when you do that overlay, they're like, fuck, dude, that's, that's pretty fucking legit. I don't think this was a person in a costume because the movement matches up to the skeletal structure because then when they reversed it, and they made like a fake human skeleton that uses the models of like walking, gravity, and weight. It like wouldn't move as right. Like the movement didn't match up. So you would see the Bigfoot move, but the skeleton wouldn't move with it. It'd be in a different huh. place and time on that. So it lends credibility that, um, you know, this could be legit. And you know what? If you compare that to that, that guy up in Canada that had the little Eskimo Bigfoots, those look pretty similar. If you compare that video to Sean's Colorado bullshit video, <laughs> they don't look very similar. <laughs> so I'm going to say in this little this little paranormal heart that wants to believe, my Fox Mulder says that Patterson Gimlin is probably legit. And if you don't agree with me, that's fine. Lazarus says Johnny Quest taught him that Bigfoot was just a monkey suit worn by aliens living in Mount Shasta. Well, moving on, the skunk ape, of course, is supposedly a swamp-dwelling version of Bigfoot that are rumored to roam the southeastern U.S. border. Back on October 28th, a YouTube account named Josh Highcliffe uploaded one of the most popular skunk ape videos of all time. In it, the cameraman films a potential skunk ape foraging in a Mississippi swamp. Oh, Lazarus. Yes, Big John Wiener did have an opinion on the Patterson-Gimlin film, 
Big John Wiener thought that shit was legit. After what he saw in Vietnam. Oh, really? Yeah. Dad, it's like, yep. Huh. It looked like that, but smaller. That's what yeah. it blew up, son. Well, and of course, you know, Bigfoots and, and those type of creatures are said to be a little different depending what part of the uh, globe you're on. So, yeah, maybe they're a little smaller over there for sure. No, no better feeling than blowing up the cryptid. <laughs> well, the skunk ape footage showed that it looks like a gorilla squatting down, big and broad shoulders, little peaked head, and is pulling off chunks of wood that seem to demonstrate the extreme strength. Yeah, it takes a lot to pull, you know, bark off of a tree. Then all of a sudden it stands up and it's got these big, long legs. The last shot of the creature in the video comes just as it stands up, similar to the 2012 Provo Canyon video. Unfortunately, people filming Bigfoot have a tendency to suddenly jerk the camera and run away as they're about to get a good view of understandably a fearful creature that may or may not just exist. But conveniently... They turn the camera in case they're creating a hoax. So this one, for many reasons, might just be yet another fake video. And of course, we can't not mention back in 2008 when two men named Rick Dyer and Matthew Witten claimed to possess a frozen body of a Bigfoot specimen. And we talked about this recently, how they just stuffed a giant uh, Halloween costume full of, you know, possum blood and other kind of crap, so. I mean, I guess that's a good example of Bigfoot dong right there. I mean, it wasn't an impressive dong. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you have like an eight-foot fake body with a two-inch pecker. What are you going to do mm-hmm. with that? You, know, you like can't even stab him with it, you know? <laughs> is it right. penetration at that point, or is it more like tickling? The fuck? Jesus. Just saying. <laughs> you can't do a lot with that. Yep. Now, something I like to look at here is, while not a sighting per se, Preston, what do you think about Bigfoot footprints being among other evidences for real-life Bigfoot and Sasquatch? If I came to your house and showed you just, you know, a um, ceramic cast of a big, giant foot, would you be like, holy shit, you got a Bigfoot? Or what do you think about actual footprints and foot casts from Bigfeet? So, you know... um the the some of them I think are legit and uh, God that's so hard because it kind of depends on the condition on how quick you found them right mm-hmm. because like certain things like you th- think about like right now if you were to go step in some mud and you put enough pressure or if you go in like a uh, concrete like when you're like little kids and you put your handprint in the concrete. Like, it picks up on your fingerprints and picks up on all the wrinkles and the ridges and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some there are some Bigfoot casts out there where you, you have that. And then when you look at the level of the indentation around, like, the ball of the foot and, like, where the joints and stuff should be, like, that scientifically, that matches up to the weight of what one of those creatures would weigh to be able to put that amount of an indention and pressure into the soil. Um, other ones kind of don't have that. And it looked like somebody like hodgepodge some shit together and just made like a giant, you know, kidney garden cast of what they think a Bigfoot foot would look like. So, uh, I don't think that you should dismiss all of them, but I think there are some bullshit ones out there for sure. Yeah. Yep. Fully agree. We talked about the um, Teddy Roosevelt Bigfoot encounter, right? 
I don't know. Maybe did he did he fucking shoot one? Dude, Teddy <laughs> Roosevelt was a badass. Yeah. Dude, his fucking ghost haunts a bar in Texas. He fucking got shot up in that bar when he was with the Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. He fucking wrestled a bear. I might have made that one up, but it sounds legit. He, fucking he wrestled a bear. bear. I might have made that up. That's your formal yeah. statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. That's all right, buddy. That's all right. Well, hey, can um, somebody th- like can somebody do us a favor and go resurrect like do some black magic necronomicon shit and resurrect teddy roosevelt that should be the (laughs) new slogan teddy roosevelt 2024 may or may not be a demon who the fuck knows better than what we got or what we're gonna get jesus holy crap hashtag (laughs) i fought a bear (laughs) yeah well the story kind of takes a weird turn and we never actually get back to the original guy who claims that he saw a bigfoot but it ends on a weird kind of tangent about teddy roosevelt so we i think we shared the story before but let's end on this Back in the 1893 memoir written by Teddy Roosevelt called The Wilderness Hunter, the former president recounts a strange story about a strange ape-man attack from a grizzled, weather-beaten old mountain hunter named Bauman, who was born and passed all his life living on the frontier. Although the story isn't a first-hand account, the story stuck with Teddy Roosevelt because it was so different from anything else he'd experienced on his own as an avid outdoorsman. According to Bauman, back when he was a young man, when he and a friend went to Beaver Trap in a river valley in the Montana Territory, they were camping in a mountain pass when a lone trapper's half-eaten remains were found by mining prospectors. The two men left their horses at the foot of a pass and climbed a small glade where they set up their camp. The men left the campsite and set out to place a beaver trap along the river. When they returned back to camp that evening, they found their lean-to, which is also another word for a hastily made tent or structure, to be destroyed. And the contents of their bags had been scattered across the ground and around what appeared to be bear-like footprints. Now, Boundman's friend made a torch from their campfire and investigated the tracks, and he said... The bear tracks were strange because the creature was walking on two legs, very uncommon for a bear. But Boundman made a laugh at the idea, and the two trappers went on to go to sleep. But hours later, Boundman was awaked by an unpleasant stench and the shadow of a great body at the entrance of their lean-to. Now Boundman fired his rifle at the shadow, and the beast was said to retreat into the forest. The next morning, the men went back to business as usual, and after returning to the camp after a long day of checking their traps, they again found their lean-to destroyed with the same footprints. So that night, the two men barely slept as they said they heard heavy footsteps snapping twigs in the area around their camp, and suddenly they heard a horrible cry echoing through the night. The next morning, the men decided that enough was enough, and it was time for them to leave this creepy valley with their lives still intact. So they worked together, emptying their traps all day long, and Moundman volunteered to retrieve the last three traps from a nearby river all by himself. A few hours later, when he finally returned to the camp where he left his friend, he found the still warm body of his friend sitting against a tree with four fang marks in his broken neck and the same footprints they saw earlier in their camp leaving the sight of his friend's broken body. 
Now, while neither Boundman or Teddy Roosevelt identified the creature as a Sasquatch, the bipedal stance, awful stench, and screams perfectly matched the description given by indigenous people. However, their story differs from natives that a Bigfoot attacked and killed a man, but to the best of their knowledge, Bigfoot was supposed to be a peaceful creature in Native American oral tradition, but it looks like this one may have just ventured into camp and murdered Boundman's friend, leaving his corpse to be discovered by Boundman himself. I'd love to hear the tale of Teddy Roosevelt going toe-to-toe with the Bigfoot. That'd be the, that, that's, you know what, fuck the book. Let's, let's skip the book. Let's make a Hollywood B-movie, and it's Teddy, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt fucking just, like, goes into the forest and fucking, like, arm wrestles a big, like, arm wrestles a Bigfoot and then just starts sucker punching him, you know? And just fuck, rips his head off, Teddy Roosevelt style, mm-hmm, with that mm-hmm. 70s porn stash and that weird presidential lying smile that he's got going on. And he's uh, like, oh, that'd be amazing. All right. Well, there you have it. A little bit about Bigfoot on this evening where I have had a couple too many. Presto, did you ever get into watching that video series on Netflix called Encounter? No. Ah, drat, man. You really got to check it out. Had a pretty good Man, so here's here's the thing. Like, the last couple nights, Mm -hmm. I've been really wanting to watch Tales from the Crypt. (laughs) Yeah. Like the, you know, like the old HBO series that, that, you know, they had like the 30 minute, 40 minute episodes or whatever it was. And so I just can't find it anywhere. So I like searched up on YouTube and somebody put together like two, three hour, like slices of videos of like, uh, all the old tales from the crypt keeper. Uh, I've been, did I've been binging those, you know? Yeah. I'll get around to it. I just got to finish this that I'm on. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, uh, that's understandable, dude. I'd like to check out the old uh, Tales from the Crypt as well. Well, folks, if you want something fun and interesting to watch, definitely jump on YouTube and check out Encounters. Uh, really unique documentary series. They delve into a lot of cool stuff. Most recently, we watched an episode about the aerial school phenomenon. Um, also, if you're on Hulu, check out No One Will Save You, a very unique um invasion story i'll say having to do with extraterrestrials it's a lot of fun kind of a mixed bag on what people think some people think it's really great some people don't really care for it but definitely check those out and with that being said i want to say thank you for everyone who joined us on this episode if please if you're on the uh, social media check us out on instagram we are at pxl paranormal if you are on facebook please check us out we are the pixelated paranormal podcast Hey, our uh, buddy Israel's watching us on uh, Facebook. What's up, buddy? Shit. Sorry, sorry, I didn't see your comment earlier, but uh, glad you could join us this evening. Thanks for the yeah, comment. Man. Hell yeah, most definitely, dude. Hell yeah, what's up, Izzy? What do you got for us on YouTube, pal? Ah, uh, well, you know we're still at two seventy-seven. Haven't okay. made any headway, but uh, you know that's okay. I'm not gonna bitch about that tonight. I'm not gonna go into some long rant. Other than look at the bottom of the screen, you see the fucking thing, <laughs> yeah. like and subscribe, follow directions. I don't know. But here's here's the real kicker. I, I put together this jewel. You know, we saw Alan, what, oh, yeah. Friday, Saturday? Yep. I Saturday night. I don't yeah. know what day it was. It had been a minute. You know, we, we locked eyes. I felt it. He felt it. 
And I, you know, I've, I, I've been thinking that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do these, these, these ads for you. I don't do them for me. Um, it's barely any little information for the listener. I'm just really telling you what the promo code is. I've never <laughs> in the history. I just want people to realize this for a second because once you once you hear this, you'll see what has gone into this tonight. There is not one podcast, there is not one television show or anything where they have a sponsor where we are we are genuine about what we say because they're just basically they're getting paid so they're like this is the fucking most amazing thing in the whole entire world. Mm-hmm. Buy this pill, it'll make your dick 10 inches bigger. It's not true, but they'll lie to you because they're getting paid to say it. We love Alan. That's all it really is. Like Alan's a swell guy. So when I do these, Alan just know that I'm doing them for you. And, buddy, mm-hmm. did I cook up a doozy for you. And, listeners, I hope you enjoy it. So, need a beard? Want a beard? Want to grow a beard? Are you tired of your beard feeling dry, unruly, and lacking that certain je ne sais quoi? Well, we have just the solution for you. Introducing Big Dobbs Beard Balm, the ultimate grooming product for the modern man. Picture this. Your eyes get a glimpse of the playing hard-to-get Grey Muff Cougar. Something more real than the <laughs> Jack Link Squatch scene from Sean Shitty Colorado Train video. But wait, what's that scent? It's the refreshing aroma of Big Dob's mint-scented beard balm. Taking your beard game to a whole new level and making that crusty Grey Muff taste like a thin mint cookie. Crafted with care and precision, Big Dobbs Beard Balm is made from the finest all-natural ingredients. This mint-infused formula will leave your beard feeling soft, nourished, and smelling as fresh as, as a cool breeze on a moonlit night. Whether you're investigating haunted houses, searching for Sasquatch, or exploring the mysteries of the Bermuda Triangle, Big Dobbs Beard Balm has got you covered. Its unique blends of essential oils will keep your beard looking sharp and smelling fantastic, even in the most hair-raising situations. So if you find yourself wanting some Big Dobbs Beard Bomb, go over to BigDobbsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. A gift from us so that you can look good and smell good. Get it all. Get it at Dobbs. Holy cow, what a professional-sounding commercial, complete with yeah. an innuendo to Girl Scout cookies that nobody's going to understand <laughs> except for you and I and Dobbs. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Hell yeah, man. All right, how do you follow that up? Um, I'm just going to say, if you're in the Wichita area, please stop by see our friend Leslie and the rest of the gang over at CD Trade Post, Bonnie and Seneca. Also, if you're in the Wichita area, stop by our food truck friends over at Paranormal Egg Experience or the brick-and-mortar store, Paranormal.cafe. And with that, I've already had plenty to drink tonight, so I'm going to raise this glass of water and say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. 
email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.